Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, everybody. NFL Draft Week. Mike Shope, Adam Krautwurst, live at the Lobster Roll. Adam is back making a return engagement at the Lobster Roll tonight. Uh, we've got quarterback day going on. We have the draft. Some high-stakes focus talk here. We'll get into who really should be the 101 in drafts. Of course, we're kind of at the – not an end point, but once the draft plays out, dynasty managers and we'll all try to figure out how to rank guys, and then there'll be a break. Some kind of a break, at least, although football guys will start on Sunday. Whatever. When you're, you know, playing dynasty and playing high stakes tournaments and in leagues like we are, uh, the clock never stops. The calendar is 12 months a year. I don't know why I'm stalling. Welcome to the deep end. Thank you. It's not stalling. You just have to. You try to think of a, you know, a launching point. Think of a, <laughs> a place, a good place to end it. Didn't come right to me today, but hopefully that's not a bad omen. How are you? You're good. I am frazzled today. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh oh. Issues with the computer. You know, issues with. Well, that's why we're zoomed in today. I got no background. The green screen's not working. It's just, it's just a day. It's it's, it's one of those days today, Mike. It's one of those days in the deep end. Extreme close-up edition of the Deep End uh, tonight. Extreme close-up. All right. Well, I have some news. Oh, what it? Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. I wasn't planning on going to Las Vegas again, but I thought about it a lot, and I sort of felt bad about it. And I realized I did not have a good reason. Like I, I do not have sort of family constraints, or um, I mean, it's it's airline points, which makes it easy. <laughs> so uh, I decided to go. I'm going back. Bare knuckle. I'm signed up. We're going to try that again. Do a main event or two out there. Try not to make the mistake this time of having one be online because I didn't sign up on the right in the right field. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it could be. I should want it to be, Adam, very much like it was in 2021. That week was really great. Yeah. When you said you weren't going, I, you know, listen. We're all adults here. Uh, if, you, if you can't go, you can't go. I wasn't going to. And you didn't tell me in person, I don't think. So you know, I knew I would talk to you about it eventually. But before I even got a chance to talk to you about it, you're like, I'm in. What was I thinking? And you made the right decision, I think. I uh, So I'm excited to have, have you back out there. Um, and what was the first thing you signed up for when you realized you were going back to Vegas? Bare knuckle is the only thing I've signed the up for. The only thing. That's right. I wanted it's to, the I, only I, thing. It was a such a fun, difficult challenge. I wanted to do it again. Now, I walked out of there last year. You were there, and I'm like, we're not going to win. But I don't think <laughs> I got embarrassed here. My first, tra- my first crack at that. Bare knuckle is 28 rounds, 30 second clock. No notes, no pen or paper, no phone. I mean, kickers, defenses, everything. It's just the full Monty, right? Your your eyes light up when you talk about the, 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 the yeah band. it's yeah. your it's your thing and uh, I'm man enough to admit that I don't belong in that thing like I especially after like dumping it on you like a jerk and uh, just watching everyone just everybody's so prepared and so good with sharp with the names and stuff like I'm. I am not ready for that. So I'm glad to see that you're in there doing it again. And uh, I'm more than willing to help you study any way possible. Okay. Well, I know how to do a better job at that this year. More practice. When I sat last last year next to Bip, he had, I mean, really drilled. And I sort of just wanted to go through it. I'm kind of lazy when it comes to that. But I don't want to get beat by that. We really, I feel like we were very close We never had a terrible week. We just never got our Giants. We never got our Ingram, Barkley, Daniel Jones thing going. Now, that's not actually the 
obviously the chalkiest stack, but that's what came to fruition in, in that league. And I mean, Barkley, Daniel Jones, Ingram, there was never like a good game. I've whined about it on here before, but it's great. The, the quarterbacks were Jones, Lawrence, and Darnold. Yeah. And I had I had friends who are not really that keen in fantasy. Like they're just not as into it as we are. They're like, oh, the quarterbacks will get you beat. I'm like, listen, no, I wasn't going to take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes right away. You know, I feel like this is how you do it. We got Evans cheap after that opening night game where yeah. he struggled or didn't have a great game at least. Got Fournette out of that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I liked us. I, I want to do better at the bottom. The, the bottom of drafts, I think we should spend shows on it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's it's critical, especially in best ball. In a redraft or a main event, you're going to cut those guys, but not in best ball. Like, you've got to get the, the, the last third of your draft right. Yeah, I think that's that's super important to t- talk about. We weren't planning on talking about this, but I add a little nugget. Like, the, you know, we talked to the football guys champs last week, and they cut every player between rounds 12 and 20, except for their kicker. And then, you know, the Draft Sharks Invitational is best ball. And I came in second overall. And I just remember I couldn't get a game out of anybody. I think to me, best ball, what I learned last year was that you got to have a, a floor with those with those later round picks. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week in our Dynasty pod talking about guys like, you know, Julio Jones, stuff like that. Yeah, maybe they're not going to be, our team's not going to be built around him, but, you know, as, as our fifth receiver, he it's not best ball, but as our fifth receiver, he has a nice floor when, when he plays. And so I think I need to build a floor into my kind of best ball projections. And DraftSharks.com actually does that in their in their draft war room. They have a, a ceiling and a floor and all that type stuff. So I think that's, that's, that's really helpful. A better handle – on those later guys, then maybe you just get kicker out of the way a little bit earlier and defense out of the way a little bit earlier. So you don't get stuck. And if you have those end names, right, then uh, maybe that will pay off for you, but you still have to get lucky at the top too. There's one winner. And so, but that team had Debo on it. That team had Fournette on it. That team had um, maybe Deontay. Like it was pretty good. Najee. Yep. uh, Yeah. That's right. Fifth place. I think we got fifth. Yeah, but I'm excited to go back. Do, do we go to craft steak again or someplace different? Uh, listen, you're you're taking the lead on 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 food. The reason why I haven't done, I mean, I registered for oh the the, the twenty five hundred dollar auction. auction. I think I registered for that. It's the only thing I registered for because I need to wait and see if the Bills are playing it in in, in L A. Because I don't know if I'm flying to L A. and then coming to Vegas Thursday. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Am I driving to L A. from Vegas and turn around and coming back? I, what the schedule says once they, the schedule comes out then i'll be able to know when my flights are coming in what drafts i'm going to be in so that's that that's what i'm waiting for i think it's may or early may i feel like it the do you know what the date so, is on that yes so on thursday night for round one they're going to announce the week two thursday night game which is significant to the league because it's the first amazon prime game with al michaels okay. So they're going to announce that first during round one on Thursday night. The rest of the most of the rest of the schedule is two weeks away from then, two two weeks from Thursday. Okay, a couple things will be leaked that week earlier that week, um, and maybe that includes the opener. But um, by two weeks from Thursday, we'll have everything. Perfect. That's that. That's what I'm waiting for. We can't go to the same restaurant, but I'm an MGM guy now, so maybe uh, maybe we will end up there. It was it was amazing. It was so good. So yeah. good. All right. So anybody else who's going out there, we met a lot of people last year, but anybody new wasn't there, whatever, uh, please let us know if you're going to be in Vegas because really like the expo, uh, a big point of the, the big part of the appeal and the point, the reason for going is those, those meetups and there's time around drafts uh, easily. So got to go to naked city pizza again too. I'm going to want to do that. You didn't make it there last time. But. No. Are you, are you going to be doing something from there this time? I don't know yet. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe. I haven't talked to Chris yet, but maybe. I like it. Okay, so uh, Thursday. I mean, why is everybody watching, listening to fantasy football content right now, like this week? Because of the draft. And this is a high-stakes focus show, not so much Dynasty. We do Dynasty on Thursday nights. Yep. If, if, you, if you want that. But for the high-stakes people, you've got, whether it's, Dynasty or not, even if it isn't, you've got uh, 
situations that will change, maybe dramatically, on Thursday. It's hard to know what they're going to be. Some are more maybe predictable than others, Adam, but we're going to see a lot of uh, scrambling after the weekend. Yeah, I'm really uh, – this is what we've been waiting for we've been for months and months, you know, waiting for this draft because it – the I don't want to say <laughs> this is so stupid to say, but you know the ADP gets stale this time of year, <laughs> and uh, you're just waiting for uh, you know the rest of the chips to fall, right? So um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit kind of tonight about some guys who are currently in the NFL, not the rookies, whose whose stock will rise or could rise uh, post draft or could fall post-draft. And I think a lot of kind of smart drafters were kind of baking this, these scenarios in when they were drafting, you know, maybe in January or February, taking, taking the Brees Halls in the fifth, sixth round. Now he's going at the, you know, the three, four turn. Now, you know, I heard you talking to Sig today, Sigmund Bloom on your show. And, you know, we're talking maybe early second, something like that. So if you were taking a guy like Brees Hall, but Again, he's a rookie. We're not going to talk about the rookies, but I did want to talk about maybe some receivers and some running backs that are currently in the NFL that I think could rise or fall post-draft. Um, and I'll start. I'll start with a running back, um, and this is all based off of um, this is from FantasyMojo.com. You know the gate, the gateway there to all the FFPC information. So this is FFPC ADP, and um, a running back I saw that I think could rise post-draft is J- James Conner. So right now he's going at the 312. And I think he's going there. Only, the only reason I can think of him not going a little bit higher is because of people might be concerned that they're going to draft somebody. Significant. Um, so if they don't take a running back, and I don't and I don't think they will. Personally, I'm fine with Conner at the 312. I've been taking him there. If they don't take someone and – day one, day two, I could see him creeping up to the, to the, to the two, three turn and stay in there. That's where he, he, he belongs. So I feel like that's a guy that could rise post draft. Yeah. That's interesting because that could go either way. You have to determine first, whether you think his place in the market right now, like which way it would more likely turn, like whether they do draft somebody, whether they don't, I, I don't think anybody is likely to pick a running back on the first night. The, the odds on that are the over-under is around 37. So in terms of the betting lines, I think you're a great helper in this way. Yeah, No team is expected to pick a running back. If they pick one on day two, it'd be much easier if you knew the team you were talking about was competent. With Arizona, you can't really know that. I mean, they're not a, they're not a competent organization. So if – you and I ran the Cardinals. Maybe you would disagree, but what I would think they would want to do is pick a running back in the course of the draft that can catch the ball. That's what Edmonds did for them. Yep. He, this this rookie, whether it's James Cook or Rashad White or somebody like somebody who rookie contract to compliment Connor. Connor did a great job for them. So that's really, I think, all they should want. But who knows if a team actually works like that? You know, if they get to their second round pick and Walker or even Hall are still available. They might just do that. Depends how good they think they are everywhere else and what the importance of running back is. And that's where there's been a big divide in football thinking and teams are kind of overall, I think late to the, the party when it comes to what the running back value is, you know, you have so many top running backs in the league on second contracts and making big money. Uh, and Connor got paid too. Connor a year ago was an afterthought. Yep. And he did great. So my, what I think Arizona should do is one of those guys I mentioned or somebody else who's more of a pass-catching specialist, a compliment to Connor, and that shouldn't affect Connor too much if they do it right. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, he could certainly stay there. Like if they draft a, a, like a scat back, like you're saying, a p- pass-catching back, maybe in the third round, I could see Connor staying at the 312. But if they, if he, if they get into the fourth, fifth round and they, don't have, they haven't drafted a running back yet, I think he – People start to see it and believe it, and um, and he could definitely get to get to the two three turn. I think. You know, sticking with running backs, one for me that affects you and me in our new one uh, K dynasty at FFWC is Michael Carter. Michael yep. Carter is, has become the the guy that I'm the most focused on with fantasy in mind for this weekend. Like, do the Jets do something uh, at running back? Should they? 
I think, again, no, at least significant. A, Carter himself was a Saturday pick early in the fourth round. And B, the Jets have a lot of picks. Teams with a lot of picks can tend to think of them as more luxury picks, even when you're the Jets. You know, well, we've already drafted our receiver and our offensive tackle in the first round. We're going to do defense here, but they have two early seconds. So that's a little scary for for Carter and in the third, too. I think he's good, and this will come down to whether the Jets agree. Do the Jets think he's good enough for them to go with? I like, you and I talked about this, maybe also on this show, I like for him that they brought their whole backfield back because that is less threatening to him than leaving it open where you would assume, maybe Arizona is an example, where you would assume they would add to it. There are other examples in the league. So I kind of like that for Carter. All these early drafts are – you know, calculations on what you think will happen when this weekend comes around. And you and I placed our bet, and I think I might have pushed you a little bit, that Carter is a good player and should get an opportunity. Now we just have to survive the week. Yeah, that's right. Survive the week is a is a good way of putting it. And again, like you brought up earlier, is it is it a competent organization? Like, what are they going to do with those picks? Do they feel like they have extra picks kind of uh, – burning a hole in their pocket or whatever, but I, yeah, if he can survive. So if they, let's say they don't take anybody significant that we're, or someone that we think significant or, or whatever, where, how high, so his Carter's ADP right now is six, four. How high do you think he could, he, he could get? I don't know how high, but probably only a little higher because it's still going to be the jets. I mean, they, yeah. they could add Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson to that offense and that's fine. And it may not, really change Carter's perception too much wouldn't make it worse. You just have to get, maybe you need, you need sort of the pulse in in training camp to be like, okay, this is going to be their running back. You can't expect at the same time, you can't expect like the full workload because almost almost nobody gets that. Right. You just need him to do almost maybe like Gibson has done for Washington. where We're always whining about how Gibson doesn't get thrown the ball when he was a receiver in college and everything like that. Just give me Michael Carter at a place like that. And I think, I mean, Washington hasn't been good either. That Carter can perform on that kind of level. And for the first two years, the spring-summer perception of Gibson has been quite optimistic. So just give me sort of a a little bit of momentum that they they do trust him. And really, they're not drafting anybody will will serve as that, I think. I mean, it's Tevin Coleman. So – I feel like maybe that can do that. How high does he go? I don't. How high does he go? I don't know a number, but yeah. I feel like you know people like the player and they'll get excited for the offense if they add a, a good receiver and an offensive tackle and you know maybe maybe uh, people will talk up the Jets a little bit for once. Yeah, I think he can be there. He was a top twenty back for like a month before he got hurt, and then um, and then yeah, they still st- they're still going to stink no matter what. So it's good. You know, he's their pass catching back. I think he'll be their pass catching back regardless. If he can be the pass catching back and the goal line, hopefully the goal line back, that's all you're really looking for. Um, another running back for me, and I have him on my, he could, this running back's going to rise significantly or fall significantly. I don't think there's going to be in between. And that's our guy, Devin Singletary. I think that, I think that if the bills don't take a running back in the first couple rounds, which is a possibility, Right, right now his ADP over at the FFPC is eight six. Right. So if he if they don't do anything significant at running back, I think he's going to fly up to the Michael Carter range, maybe even higher, fifth round, sixth round. Um, if they do take a running back in the in the in the first or second rounds, or even in the third round, if like one of these running backs slips that that maybe the Bills are really excited about, and the Bills start talking him up in July or whatever, um, I think he could fall to you know, the 12th round, kind of where like Zach Moss was going last year, maybe the 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that. But either way, he's not going to stay at eight, at eight, at eight, six. Well, I like Singletary as a player much more than you do, but (laughs) I think, I think you're right to be pondering whether the bills are going to act on that. And that could be largely a function of what else happens in round one. So they pick 25. They've traded many times, so you can't assume no trade, but let's say we do. And there are five receivers 
most people would say, I did talk to Sigmund Bloom today, and he talked like this very specifically, five receivers that they will not have a chance at at 25 and three corners. And those are mm-hmm. both relatively need positions for the Bills. So you could end up at a spot where those eight players are, as predicted, taken, and they haven't made a trade. Some of those teams in that five to ten teams up range where you might like to make a deal are the teams that need receivers. So then what? Then you might think, well, I've got this grade on a corner later or a wide receiver later. Maybe there's even a trade down. And if they're able to pick up Hall or Walker in the top half of the second round, even after a trade down, then that will be bad for Singletary, no doubt. He's still, if there's no pick or there's just like a a Saturday pick, he's still pretty much capped when it comes to his ceiling. He was on the field all the time, but you just, you can't really expect goal line and their passing offense has been so good. So I'm still not too excited to draft him. But um, yes, I mean, Brees Hall would wreck him in fantasy. Yeah, I think Walker would wreck him for sure. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, because like, I mean, I mean, I know we talk about the Bills a lot of him, but there's a lot of situations. I mean, the Bills are now in a targeted fantasy offense and there's a lot of, you know, question marks in the draft, the Gabe Davis, the, the, you know, the Singletary stuff, like what's going to happen? What are they going to do? I personally think, I really think the bills are going to end up going, going corner with that, with that first pick. I think there's maybe four or five corners in the first round that I think the bills might like. And I think they really need, that's probably their biggest need because with Trey white, with the ACL, um, you know, that's probably their biggest need right now. And like you said, I think the bills take the bills brass, take pride in being viewed as being smart and I think that if they might not take a running back, even because people will say it's not smart. So I, I really think it goes corner receiver running back to me in the first round of what I think that they'll do. Um, I could be completely wrong, but um, if I had to place a bet, that's what I think it, it would be. But like, but like you said, Packers, Chiefs could try to move up to get that receiver. Bills could trade back to the end of the first and grab Brees Hall or something and that that would be interesting and and kind of kind of cool. So, and the Packers the, the Packers first pick is in front of the Bills at twenty two. I talked to Evan Silva yesterday from Establish the Run that's on our WGR show here in Buffalo, and he's like, I, I he kind of like said what you said, which is trust their process. You know, I know it's a cliche, but the Bills are a good process team, so you wouldn't expect them to pick a running back in round one because no good process team would do that. He also said that on their uh, mock draft show yesterday or today. Um, I want to bring up a name that I haven't heard anybody else talk about as someone who's like relatively speaking at risk here, but what do you think about Austin Eckler? I have him on my list here. You do. I do. Yeah, that's good. So let's, you're ready to talk about him too. I mean, he is a top half of the first round. Best 1.4. 1.4 is his ADP. 1.4, 1.4, and he has yeah. been prolific. And everybody loves Austin Eckler, especially fantasy players who love him because he's great in fantasy and because he comes on our shows. <laughs> That's right. So he he <laughs> likes fantasy. He talks it. He seems like a great guy in that way. But not big, and no. they have not, to my eyes or understanding, they have not found a complimentary back for him, and it's not for a lack of looking. They have tried different guys, Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, Roundtree. Eckler held up. He had a great season, high on the touchdowns. I think he's very – I mean, he doesn't quite rate to me next to Taylor and McCaffrey and, and that kind of caliber and the top receivers in this draft. I, I, I've drafted him a few times, but it's a little bit reluctantly because I mm. can't find another running back I like more. But I think some of those guys up there who are on their second contract – I mean, Dalvin Cook – He's even got off the field, but they have Madison, Kamara. I mean, Ingram is back in New Orleans, but Kamara isn't sort of somebody I'm worried about from his own team, even though they have a new coach. Yeah, Eckler, though, I don't know. I think they have probably big goals on that organization. They always do. They're always hyped. They never make it. But I don't know. I, even if it's – it's not going to be Melvin Gordon, right? Like, he, But he's going to play for somebody – I just I'm not that confident that Eckler goes into the season with the same sort of expected share as he's had. 
This is so interesting. I was thinking about this a bunch today. You know, Eckler, I love Eckler. I had a bunch of them last year. Draft Sharks was was really high on Eckler. They might have they were def they were higher than consensus on Eckler last year. Um love love the player, but he's going to miss time every year because he's just small. You know, running backs get hurt all the time. The big ones, the strong, it doesn't matter. And he's small. He's so good. He's great at catching the ball. He's great in space. He's great in the red zone, inside the five. He's so good. I almost would rather have them take a running back in like the second or third round and then have Eckler's, you know, ADP drop to like the end of the second and deal with something where, he, you know, he's going to be healthier. He'll play more games because he's not going to be banging between the twenties, but he's going to get the catches. He's going to get the, the, you know, he's going to get the the two minute work. He's going to get the goal line stuff and keep him healthier and fresher. He doesn't have the ceiling that he would have like he had last year, but I'm going to get more games out of him. I'm going to, he's going to be more consistent. I feel like I like that Eckler than I do the one that I have to take at the 1.4. And he's probably going to miss like four to six games. Um, and I like the idea of having me, and we're going to talk about this all off season. Like we always do, you know, handcuffing or running backs. I like the idea of having, like you said, with Dalvin cook, he's got a nice handcuff with Madison. I like the idea of having, okay, maybe I've got an injury prone running back in the first, but he's got that solid handcuff. I know that when he goes down, cause that was the problem with Eckler too. You picked up all those Justin Jackson, Josh, Kelly. they weren't any good. Like you couldn't really use them, but if you've oh. got, a real nice handcuff back that you can handcuff with Eckler. I think that helps with the drafting of him. So, um, but again, like if they take a running back in the second or third, third round, I think he drops, does he drop out of the first? Maybe probably depends on who the, who the running back is, but I think you're right. I think, I think that they should be looking to take one. So he was on your list. Uh, do you have anybody else for running back? I yeah, the only other running back I had was CPAT, um, Cordero Patterson. He was he's going at the nine at the nine three. If they don't do anything, like they're projected to be one of the teams that they they I don't want to say they should like for their offense they should get a different running back or another one. But for the organization, like what you know, they're terrible. So like running drafting a running back high does nothing for them. So if they go, if they go into like the fourth round, they, they don't take any one of the top four or five backs. I could see Patterson having another year where he it might not have the year that he had last year, but he could be the number one running back on, on the team. And in the ninth round, that's pretty incredible. So if they, if they don't do anything significant at running back, I could see him moving up into the sixth, seventh round. I think I've seen him drafted. I did a draft with, uh, I think Billy Musial last, last week. I forget. It was like, it was a never too early FFPC and he went in like the the fifth round or something. So um, people do really like him. If they don't, if the Falcons don't take a running back early, I could see him moving up three or four rounds. Patterson did a great job for them. He got hurt, uh, played through it a little bit. He's somebody that everybody likes, uh, but Atlanta needs everything. Maybe they end up not at running back because again, if they're competent, they right. Wouldn't necessarily push there. Who cares? And right, you know, just go draft three wide receivers and and linemen, and just go fill out your roster because they need a lot. They shouldn't worry too much about running back. Yeah, so I like that. I, I, I just really quickly because I think everybody's on this, but Antonio Gibson, Washington has had visits with maybe as many or more of the running back prospects as everybody else. Buffalo, by the way, that applies to as well. They had three of the top thirty visits at least on running backs, Hall, Walker, and Spiller, as reported. So Washington seems to be looking that way, too. And McKissick, everybody is bummed out about Gibson in fantasy and, like, how that has not smashed yet. I don't know. It doesn't have to, you know, get worse. And maybe uh, in your league, somebody's kind of feeling bummed out and ready to dump him. So I wouldn't be done with the guy. But he's definitely not hot right now and they talk like or they act like they might want to draft another so that's been said a lot but he's on my list also wild crazy so survive the week um receiver so one of the receivers that i ha- have rising um i have a couple a couple of late guys but i think one mvs velvet scantling you oh, know, yeah. I, I hesitate to kind of put this re- re- 
because I do think they're going to probably draft one, you know, at the end of the first round there, or even in, in the second round. But they did pay MVS quite a bit of money. Uh, his ADP right now is is at the is at the 11, 12, 11, so the 11, 12 turn there. Um, if if don't do anything, if they don't do anything significant at receiver, uh, I think he moves up three rounds, maybe to where like Michael Hardman used to go. You know, at the eighth and somewhere in the eighth round, because you just got Juju and you got Kelsey and you got Miko there still. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a guy that could rise three or four rounds if they don't do anything uh, at receiver. But I think they will. What do you think? Well, so what I've been working on the last couple of weeks is building out spreadsheets with better a better way for me to see how much of each guy I've got. Yeah. It's more teams all the time. And then I can put in how much money I'm spending on the league and really see what my investment is. And so I did all that in the last 10 days and I have three receivers the most often and it's digs, which is, I mean, I'm not a Homer. It's mostly just the way the builds fell. I mean, we talked about Eckler. I want a receiver there and then I might want another one. And I'm getting, I'm just getting to digs a lot. I didn't want Debo. So I'm getting to digs a lot. The second is Jerry Judy which is, I think, mostly luck. Like, I'm sort of falling into the right slot for Jerry Judy, and that goes back to even before the Wilson trade. And the third is MVS, because for me, I have the proverbial flag planted that he's a good player, and his obnoxious quarterback didn't need him or didn't care because he has Devontae Adams, and they win every week. So I I think he's a good player. And so he goes to Kansas City. When he was a free agent, I was drafting him. And then, so Kansas City was a great result for me. Now, they will draft a wide receiver, probably even in round one. They have the two picks there. Yeah. And we have no idea what that will look like with Juju there and maybe even two more guys. Like, it's hard to know. But there was a financial investment in MVS, and hopefully that carries some weight. So I'm on him, too. Yeah. So that's that, that's a guy that I think could rise. Um, more receivers. I have um... – you know, Marquez Callaway, he's like one of these late round guys, you know, you were talking about late, he's going at the 18, 12. Um, he was a preseason darling last year for yeah. the Saints. I fell into the trap for sure. And I think I took him, he was going off like the week I was in K- Kentucky and I was taking, and, and in Kentucky, you, you have to start three receivers. And I was taking him on like the eighth round. Cause he just was, not only was he getting the targets in the, in the preseason, you know, the Michael Thomas, you know, he was, I, I was off of Michael Thomas and Kelly was making some great catches in the preseason. Great, making great plays. I'm like, oh, this guy's about to explode. And then I don't know what happened. It just, it never materialized. Um, there was a bunch of other you know, receivers kind of in the mix, Harris and, and, and stuff like that. So it just, it, it just didn't work out. But if they don't, you know, M- Michael Thomas is back. Maybe Kelly's more of a, a complimentary player. You know, they got Winston back. So maybe he's better off as a wide receiver to speedy deep down the field guy. Um, and maybe he could, he could out if they don't take a receiver high, does he go maybe the 13th round, 14th round, somewhere in there? Again, it's not, you know, uh, it's not a, a killer pick, but it might be five or six rounds ahead of, ahead of where he was going now. Yes. I just can't believe they won't pick that player. Like they, they I traded back into the the middle of the first round to get a second. It's a, another bad Saints trade yeah. by the numbers, but they had to have somebody else there. And you come back this year with Jameis and with Kamara and then Thomas back. I mean, they just have to. I like Deontay Harris or Deontay Hardy now in the same kind of way. Like he he had for me more sort of good moments in the course of the season than Callaway did. Yes, Callaway was more the preseason. But I think there has to be somebody else there. They're very thin. And, you know, depending on how their defense looks, they could be in games where they need to throw all the time. And they have Jameis Winston. Like last year, it didn't really come out that way with Peyton. But Jameis Winston, his career has been a guy who just – he's going to throw tons of passes, big plays on both ends. Yeah. And that should be good for somebody other than Thomas or Kamara in New Orleans, even if it's not a good team. So I like the thinking on Callaway – We've been drafting one one or two Deontay Hardy shares in the same way, but I think one of those two first-round picks has got to be a receiver. And back to Evan Silva, 
I, I know he knows people. Like he he yeah. is credible and somebody he, he is he is plugged in uh, when it comes to his predictions. And he told me because I brought up Olave for the Bills on our WGR chat. He's like yeah. he's not getting past New Orleans. Okay. What again? Yeah, this is all like, hey, if if they don't take a guy, and Olave would be really nice for them. Um, that that would be good. Couple of um, Buckeyes. Yeah, Thomas and uh, Olave. They're always they're always good. The Buckeyes. Um, and then some receivers. Uh, and I know we're kind of going long here on this topic, but some receivers that I think could fall. I'll just name the three guys that, that I had. Um, kind of in the same area of the draft: Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Devonta Smith. They go at the 5'7", 6'12", 6'10", respectively. So those are guys that if their teams take some alpha number one receivers or just some receivers in the first round, I know Jets are rumored, the Bears maybe not so much, um, and then Devonta, Devonta Smith with the Eagles, you know, having a – Hurts struggled enough to get Devonta Smith the ball, uh, you know, and if they had another receiver there, that's going to make it even harder. So those are three guys I think that could that could fall – um, pretty, pretty significantly. We'll see. I mean, I think the Jets and Eagles are both good bets to draft a receiver in round one. The Bears don't have a pick, but yeah. I think those are both good players. And so sometimes that extra receiver makes life easier for them. You know, I think Devontae Smith could really use that. Um, I expect both teams to draft a receiver. And then where does that leave those guys? They're just, they're both well, don't you agree? They're both well liked fantasy assets especially more like more goes earlier yeah more goes at the five seven i'm just thinking kind of more of like the adp like five seven like if they more i think would be least affected because like if they draft an outside receiver um i think more is more of a more of an inside slot jet sweep type of uh gadget type of guy i think he would be less affected um, but if you, and Darnell Mooney's that same type of player, but Darnell Mooney isn't, I don't think is, is as good as Elijah Moore. Um, Devonta Smith to me is more of that outside guy though. If they add another, like an outside receiver, I think, Dev- and again, Hertz is more like, I love Hertz for fantasy because because of his legs, but hurt, you know, and Devonta Smith's good and he's going to get better. But I just think that with those guys, if, if they add Receivers in the first round, I don't see how they could go up. I mean, maybe maybe they stay at the six ten, but if they add a receiver in the first round, Devonta Smith's not rising in in, in ADP. So, um, yeah, I, I no, think he's they... not. I, I I think he's kind of good value where he okay. is. I I like drafting Devonte Smith. The Eagles. I mean, this isn't really saying anything, but I was thinking today, they they it could go very badly yeah. for the Eagles. You know if. There, there's still a flimsy level of trust, I think, in Hertz, which I guess is justifiable. I'd like to see him make it because I, I always want to defend a guy that he can't throw, he can't throw, he can't throw. Well, you know, he's starting in the playoffs. I mean, he's got to be, he's not the worst. Yeah. So, but, you know, Sanders is such a question mark. He's almost forgotten at running back. And yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good organization, but I'm just not. I don't know how you could. I mean, maybe there are people out there. Last year, I'm thinking of, of Guilds, who was like, give me all the Eagles. I don't know. I have a tougher time seeing it play out this way. I think the Bears are a mess. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears had the worst record in the league. Yeah. And that feels bad, too, because Fields was such a nice prospect. But, Adam, they've done nothing for him. I know. And Mooney, it's it's fine to be like, okay, well, Darnell Mooney will get all the targets. But holy cow, is he that good? Like, is he somebody no. who, in in fantasy, I'm sure he'll be playable in that in that scenario. But man, they they just did nothing to that offense. Byron Pringle didn't he get in trouble yesterday. Like, <laughs> they, they just they tried to sign a backup lineman off the Bills, and the Bills matched the offer. Komet's fine, maybe. Montgomery is Montgomery. But I don't know. I think that could be a really bad scene there. Fields has got to be able to process fast enough to get rid of the ball effectively with a bad line, probably with weapons that are pretty light. And that, what are the chances? And, and then, I mean, what do they do with him? Because he's on his second coach, like Darnold and Mayfield, these guys who had to go through second coaches right away. 
yeah. they're almost doomed just because they're the, the, Hugh Jackson and and Todd Bowles inherited top three quarterbacks and go figure they didn't make it. So it's a very tough spot for a quarterback. Same thing with with the Bears and Nagy. The the Bears fell into it. I don't know, maybe whatever they were thinking, but they were in the playoffs at eight and eight yeah. the year before with Trubisky and then pushed for fields, which is good, but started Dalton and just of course it went badly. And of course the coach was fired. Everybody knew that would happen. Right. So That's right. it just doesn't look good. It doesn't feel uh, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel good. And Mo- like you said, Mooney's not that good. I mean, why you know, Mooney's ADP right now, I think, is ahead of Brandon Cooks, but what's the difference? I mean, I think Cooks is a better receiver, and Cooks is in the same situation. Really terrible team with a quarterback that's unproven or not good. And 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 I would take Cooks for sure over over Darnell Mooney. But I think Darnell Mooney's stock is I think the only reason why Mooney's stock is so high as it is is because there's nothing else there. They I, you think they would have to add something, you know, even if it's the second round. Um, but even, but like you said, if six receivers go in the first round, what are you adding in the second round? You know, that's right. going to, and they don't have a first round pick. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. So, I, I, I might be wrong on him. You know, not everybody in the pros, of course, is the player they were projected to be when they left college. You know, he just wasn't like sort of a high end prospect and yeah. he, he's been fine for the bears. Like he, he might be, he might be excellent, but he didn't sort of project that way. That's the best I can do. And I, I'd be very worried about the rest of that that offense. Fields has to be almost superhuman, I think, to be able to pull that off. And, you know, we've just seen good prospects not get there. And yeah. they won't have tons of patience, I think, either. He just It just started so wrong. You you make that that trade for him and just screw the rest of it up. I don't know. Not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not happy about it. At least yeah. they won't. Hopefully, they won't be on prime time every other week again. Maybe they will because they're Chicago and there's some sort of <laughs> natural law that means they have to be on every third week in prime time. It'd be nice <laughs> if, if we weren't subjected to that. I know, and if, at least if they are, let let Fields play. <laughs> yeah, right. Eventually, they got there, but way too late. So, because right. uh, you know, we know everything. Of course, all these things. Oh, they're Arizona, this Chicago, that. This is what they should do. That's it's right. Just, just me talking. Hey, let's get to Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. So the draft is coming. We've been drafting best balls for months now. And I know you have some thoughts on your favorite player from uh, 2021 and where he's be- where he's going. Yeah, so I had this thought a couple of days ago. Like, why, you know, talking about the 101 and just talking about the first round, I just – we'll talk about this more. We haven't talked about it much about how uncomfortable I am in the first round this year about just – I just – nothing – outside of the top couple picks makes me feel good. And so I'm thinking like the one-on-one before I looked at the ADP. Now I knew Cooper cup was in the top three or four FFPC ADP has him at the one Oh two. So like, not, we don't need to go you know, deep into the weeds with this. Cause he is going second. I don't know if that's, if that's going to stick, but you know, he's just a guy that at receiver, you know, people have been talking about Justin Jefferson. I just hear everyone talk about Justin Jefferson and, and kind of all the other receivers, and maybe is it because Cook's just a lock, and people don't, and no one's really hy- hyping up, up. But like, I feel like the situation's better than than it was last year with no Robert Woods, Odell Beckham's not there. You know, he's got that familiarity with Stafford. I mean, nothing, nothing coming back so far this year. Same, same offense, same, same coach for for the offense. So nothing's gonna get negative. So what, like, why isn't Cup being talked about more? Why isn't he the lock? For the 101, you know, people like regression. People want to talk about the regression. But even, you know, I think he finished 90 points ahead of Devontae Adams last year, who was the number two receiver. So you could take away like 20% of Cup's production, and he still would have finished ahead of the number two two receiver. Excuse me. He finished, um, you know, ahead of JT, who was number two overall. Uh, He finished 65 points ahead of him in in PPR. You could have taken away 10 of his 16 to touchdowns, he still would have finished ahead of Jonathan Taylor. So the regression's coming. I get it, but I don't see anyone there. Like Jonathan Taylor was the number one running back. He had like the 15th best number one running back season in the last like 20 years. Like he wasn't an all world number one. More committees than ever. That's right. More. They're talking about Naheem Hines again. Like uh, like they paid him. They paid it right. Like, are you and, serious? And Matt Ryan throws to running backs. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. So and their defensive I, coordinator left. Yeah. I mean, there's just – I just don't see a guy there that if everyone's healthy is going to catapult to where Cooper Cup's going to be. I mean, Cooper Cup's 28. He turns 29 in June or something. Uh, he's, he's not one of these tiny little – like we get used to these like tiny little slot Wes Welker. He's six two. He's a big he's, he's a big boy. Like I don't you know as long as they're smart with him and him and staff are on the same page, I see him smashing again. Like not, I mean last year was a record breaking. I mean he was he was unstoppable. But to me, safety in the first round is key. Like Jonathan Taylor, there hasn't been a back to back RB one since Priest Holmes in the early two thousands. So the chances of Jonathan Taylor being up there again are slim. So, like, safety to me with the 101, you know, you could say that about Jonathan Taylor, too. Like, well, yeah, maybe he's not the – maybe he won't finish number one overall, but, you know, he's he's healthy. He's a lock for a top three or four. Fine. You know, and we're not talking about Christian McCaffrey because the reason why McCaffrey doesn't go 101 is because people don't think he's broken. If you think he's broken, fine. Don't take – but uh, Cup, to me, is as safe. He has that safety and that ceiling – to be, he was the fourth highest scoring player last year. Nothing's changed. It's only going to get, it's only gotten maybe better. Van Jefferson's the only guy there with any rapport. I mean, Robinson, Allen Robinson, I really like, and I'm going to have a lot of Allen Robinson, but he doesn't have a rapport there yet with Stafford. So I, man, I don't get the one on one a lot. And I, I probably, but in like auction drafts where you can go ahead and pick your own one on one, I would probably spend the most on Cooper Cup. I love it. You know, this is really, this is, uh, I'm turned on actually. I'm literally <laughs> turned on because this, this is how you win money. Yeah. I mean, th- this is how you win money. Uh, that's right. And he doesn't have to go one one but you can get him in those auctions probably for less than Chase or Jefferson, or at least thereabouts. I love the argument. There's no reason to question Stafford. There's no reason to question McVeigh. Running back, if it matters, is uncertain. And you're not looking for Cooper Cup to match the greatest season of all time in fantasy. Right. You're looking at him to just get near it. Look, take Stephon Diggs from two years ago. He did not separate from the rest of the league in stats like Cooper Cup did, but he did lead the league in catches and yards. And, you know, last year was a step back, but it was fine. And you're talking about safety. I feel like it's pretty safe to think Cooper Cup will give you a top six receiver season, you know, at the floor, right? I mean, there are other good choices. Chase and Jefferson are fine. Adams has been great. Hill is on a new team or Diggs or A.J. Brown, you know, there are other good choices. But you want to not get crushed at 101. It's really interesting. Who, what does it come down to? How many teams do you have and what's your portfolio look like? For a lot of people who sort of wander into our show, I'm sure they're playing tons of leagues. Um, Is there a running back at, 212 or are there two running backs at 212 and 301 that you can live with is that chubb or if you if you can live with gibson you know or whoever then there's there's that question too um but it's good it's a very good case yeah and i i just think that uh yeah i like him there and and that's a that's a really good point too mike is how you, how are you going to build build your team you know do you like the running backs at the two three i mean i think what makes it even easier is you're able, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm able to get Saquon Barkley at the two, three turn. I mean, Saquon Barkley's got Barkley. the upside of J- Jonathan Taylor. Like, don't tell me he doesn't because he love it because he, he he does a healthy Saquon Barkley versus a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Uh, two, two rounds later, give me Saquon all, all day long. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like that. I love Chase. I mean, I'm gonna, this is a whole show. The first round is a whole, whole, whole show. Uh, it's a whole off season, and I just really feel like there's like two guys in the first round that I feel comfortable uh, two or three guys that I feel comfortable taking and, uh, and, and cups one of them. I like it. Well, I'm not sure how big a week it is for him. The Rams never have draft picks and they are pretty much built. <laughs> <laughs> so he does yep. not fit into the last topic, but correct. Correct. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, we'll see you out there drafting maybe in the football guys. We'll see you out there drafting Cooper cup at one Oh one. We'll know it's you. The offseason started with you talking like that about McCaffrey. Like, why isn't McCaffrey the 101? Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. And then I got so, thinking about it. And it's, just, I mean, either of them could be, uh, but again, the health, the safety of of that. And, um, and, you know, so I think that to me, 
And like and like Nikki Nikki Banks said earlier, CMC wears a bra. So I don't know if I don't know if you can be. Yeah, that was a tough picture. That that, that picture of McCaffrey, you probably can't grab it. That picture was tough. The hair was the big. I mean, he's just ripped, of course. Right. But, uh, I mean, I look like uh, I got. I don't know who. I, what kind of reference I want to make here. Ted Danson is too long ago, but I mean, <laughs> my hair looks absolutely chic compared with the McCaffrey picture. He looked old in that thing. He did, and he looked like, yeah, he was ripped, but he looked like a cross country runner. Like he looked like thin and ripped. Like, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was like Carson Wentz when I first looked at it. I'm like, wait, that's that's the, the hair was McCaffrey? very strange. Here am I, yeah. who am I to talk? But the hair was very strange. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any, so I, I can't talk. Well, you have a hat. McCaffrey could have, used, <laughs> could have used a hat that day, and there'd be no question about his uh, masculinity and his prowess. <laughs> and where he should be drafted. And where he should be <laughs> All right. Okay, Adam, so what are we doing Thursday? You've got the big uh, weekend coming up with the Draft Sharks guys. I, I've got WGR this weekend, which will be big, and all the draft coverage for both of us. Yeah, I'd love to do something Thursday night. I got to figure out uh, at Draft Sharks headquarters if there's a podcast area I can go at midnight, and if so, I have no. I'm excited to to do that, break some of that down, okay. and then uh, or maybe even Friday morning, and then next Tuesday week from today, I would I, th- I think we're planning on doing a a, a live draft. Um, I don't know if we're going to do maybe a football guys or maybe a a, bet, a FFPC best ball tournament. Maybe we can do one of those and get everybody to register for that. So we'll get that information out soon. I think I looked at the best ball tournament. I think there's, I think it's like seven o'clock and 10 o'clock when we were the times. I don't think they can change them because it's a, it's a, it's a season long tournament, but right. Tuesday. maybe, maybe we, uh, maybe we just tape and post it. I don't know. We'll see, but we'll, I would like to do a draft next, next Tuesday and d- dive right in. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I I talked you into doing a draft. Wow. I'm <laughs> proud of myself. I know that was so tough. <laughs> All right. Can we get Jim Zorn on the show before we? Uh, there we go. There he is. I put the, yeah. we're, we're on the the cropped thing here. G- but the, the Jim Zorn was not a Super Bowl MVP, was he? Am I am I losing my mind? No, but that is one of my two. I think game worn or this is a practice worn uh, jersey. So I wanted to show that I didn't use my kids' jerseys this this time. Enough of them. It's too bad. Did, did it say Z O R N? Trying to do it. <laughs> Spread out. No, there is no name on this thing. It's a mesh practice jersey from the late seventies, but it's a great. He was my first my, favorite football player. I'll get you one of my flag football championship worn jerseys. You can you can throw up there. All right, I'll just put it right here. <laughs> you can put your drink on it. <laughs> I need something. Okay, everybody. Thanks, for, thanks, Nikki. Thanks, everybody, for watching tonight. And we will be back on Thursday at some point. We'll announce it. Follow Deep End FF1 for more. Adam Krautwurst, Mike Shope. Enjoy the draft because we won't talk to you before it starts at least. Hopefully soon thereafter. Have a nice night. See you guys.